We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. All right, Overnight America continues. There's actually an interview from earlier today that I wanted to play. It's online, but Mark Reardon had a chance to talk to Ann Wagner. And I thought, well, since the coverage that we are carrying today through Washington, D.C. didn't allow for that interview to be played. This would be a good opportunity to do that later tonight. So we'll do that. More importantly, uh, we are still taking your phone calls. And we've done a lot of discussions on this the last two hours. And if you're still wanting to talk about it, I know there's a lot of people online that is nonstop tweeting, Facebooking, whatever it is. You're welcome to do that, too. But I would like to hear from you on the phones. That's always a better way to communicate. 314 314- 436-7900 locally here in St. Louis. Of course, you can text that in too, or 800-925-1120. You can call from anywhere in the United States. Let's go to Rob, who's been holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Evening, Ryan. Um, it seems like historically our law enforcement operations and agencies have a terrible problem handling these crowds with these demonstrations. You go all the way back to the 60s. It keeps happening over and over. I think today was a wake-up call for the highest building in the land would happen until the Supreme Court, highest group of people in the land in our justice system, sit down and restructure the entire laws dealing with police, community relations, and training enforcement. We're going to continue to have problems, and the Supreme Court needs to put all these other cases aside and go to this immediately right away. Oh, we're not going to have country left before it's over with. And not only that, our appearance is going to look weaker in front of people like Russia and China, and we're going to wonder why. You know, how would, um, let me just ask this. So how would changing policing, like uh, community involvement, help a situation like what happened at the Capitol today? Well, more training, okay, a lot of stuff's covered, but more training, okay, be developed, and it can be, all right? And then the Supreme Court needs to physically follow up and make sure physical operations are done to enforce this. And until that happens, we're going to continue to have these same problems, go all the way back to civil rights movements, demonstrations, to what happened today. We still haven't gotten it right with okay. against community relations and law enforcement. Okay. Thank you very much, Rob. And on the community and local level, that is being discussed a lot I look at it on the Capitol building. I don't know if there's any way police could have de-escalated the people that wanted to break into that Capitol building at all. 
there, there would be no way to de-escalate them. Uh, they they had a mission. They wanted to do it. They took advantage of it. They came in like a mob, and it was disgraceful. It was terrible. People said desecrated the Capitol building, which is a good way to put it. And Patrick over in D.C. said those hooligans, they, they acted like hooligans. When you look at soccer hooligans overseas, when there's riots and things, and they just go and they bust into everything, it's kind of uh, like that. Let's go to Lou. Welcome to Overnight America, Lou. Uh, Ryan, um, there are two things that I'd like to state. Uh, the first thing is um, there's online an NBC News story uh, dated August 26, 2020. It uh, discusses an interview that Hillary Clinton did with her com- former communications director, Jennifer Palmieri, for Showtime's The Circus. Here's a quote from that interview. Quote, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is, unquote. Now, that's my state. Yeah. So you're looking at this as just um, par for what was expected. They're taking. They're take. Uh, Trump has taken a, a page from uh, at least uh, Hillary Clinton's playbook there. And another thing, this is was terrible what happened today. But I don't know if anybody remembers this or has brought it up. But in the early fifties, some people who were disgruntled with the government's treatment of Puerto Rico shot up the House of Representatives in the U.S. Capitol there and wounded some of the representatives. The fir- the worst. Wounded uh, representative was, I believe his name was Albin Barkley from Owasso, Michigan. So this is stuff like this has happened before. I got to say, I don't know that story. And I might have to write that down and ask Richard Bino about it because he has an encyclopedic knowledge of it. So thank you, Lou. I'll write that down. Those are the 1950s uh, house shooting. Okay. Uh, Thank you for that, Lou. Let's do another call. Bob's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Oh, that last guy was right about the history. They, the Puerto Rican independence movement did shoot up the house. But what I called about was the news coverage by CBS. Yeah. I was listening to it at about 5.30, and every descriptive adjective they put on when they were talking about uh, the Trump people was pejorative. I mean, they just called them all sorts of names. And that's really not what I would expect from somebody trying to report on what's happening. They were just uh, making their opinions bloody clear. And there was very little difference between listening to CBS reporting and the uh, national public reporting. They both had more opinion than they had facts. Oh, interesting. Okay. Thank you for the call, Bob. Yeah, I feel like even watching it from the television side, I did pick up on that. And I, you know, I was watching CBS on TV. It was the first channel I went to and I had to end up changing, changing the channel. I thought, are all the networks reporting it the way they are right now? Because I, I kept looking at this and they kept adding in opinion into it. And I thought this is not helping at all, at all. This is if you're covering it like a news story, then it would be better to cover it like a news story. But then again, that was the TV coverage. Let's go to Moses, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening. How you doing? Good. You know, I watched that unfold today, and I'm thinking to myself, 
why is it that the Capitol building is so understaffed security-wise, and they knew this was going to be coming days and maybe even weeks ago? Yeah, and, and I'm going to point this out, too. And it, it's not just that. It's that every single member of Congress were in the same spot at the same time. Why would it be understaffed at that point? That is weird, isn't it? Yes, and also I have to say this because I am a 60-year-old African-American man, and I've lived in this country all my life except for the time I was in the military. There are two sets of rules in America everywhere. I don't care if it's the workplace. I don't care if it's politics. There are white rules and there are black rules. Because if that had been BLM protesters storming that Capitol today, it would have been a different outcome. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I no, I would say, again, I, I disagree with that. And I'll go back to what some people are pointing out online. And if you remember during the Kavanaugh hearings, it was very heated during the Kavanaugh hearings. And you had all kinds of different groups that were there. They were outside the Capitol building. They were trying to bust the doors down. They were unsuccessful. But what you didn't see was the police handling it any different than the way they're handling it this time except that they didn't get inside. They didn't breach inside. But this was during the Senate hearings that were to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. And there were a lot of people protesting outside at that point, a lot of different groups, just like what you're describing. And you're wrong to say that they would have treated black or white differently, which is just not the case. We've seen that even in the last year where these instances, similar instances of protest outside that have tried these certain things and no, the, there wasn't a, a difference in the way they policed it. So we'll take some more of your calls coming up and I want to get to everyone that's still on the line, which is good. Uh, we have a couple of phone lines open now, 314-436-7900. And there's still a lot of other varying opinions on this. And everyone was just glued to listening and watching this today. And now we're starting to be separated by a little bit of time. We're starting to get more of it digested. And even as we speak, we're watching a joint session of Congress continue and still debating some of the different states and what's going to happen next. Are there going to be more objections in the electoral process? You know, I'm watching Nancy Pelosi. She's hitting the gavel and it looks like they're getting more people seated. They're going to continue the process. The House rejects an objection to the Arizona electoral votes. So it looks like they're still going through this process and it very well could play out tonight that we see Joe Biden finally uh, get to the point where he's confirmed. So we'll take more of your calls coming up next on Overnight America KMOX. Weekday mornings at 8.30, Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks Kors provide perspective on KMOX and KMOX.com. Taking your comments tonight based on what happened in D.C. at the Capitol building as protesters storm, the mobs get in, disrupt the process to count the electoral college ballots but it lasted for a few hours the capitol building was cleared out and they continued on with the senators giving their individual speeches and now it looks like their joint session of congress continues as they take votes on individual states different objections being now rejected to look at the arizona electoral votes and they'll continue to go through all the other states we could even see all of that wrapped up tonight we really could. This could be another uh, historic moment today, unveiling itself right on the airwaves live of KMOX. We're going to take your calls like Robert, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi. Yeah, I listened to what happened. I know Dick Cheney wanted the military not involved. So a lot of what goes on in the Capitol is the Secret Service. So I think they did a good job and they protected 
the congressman, and I know Ann Wagner was very scared, and I'm sure there were other women who were very scared, and men, because they didn't have a place, to, you know, really to hide out. But um, I think that people's intention was to express their opinion that they feel the election was rigged, and that's just my opinion and other people's opinion. And and I have just a saying, cheaters never win, and winners, or no, yeah, winners never cheat, and cheaters never win, something like that. Winners never <laughs> I cheat. think we get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you're saying. I get the sentiment to it. Thank you, Robert. You're right. I think that was part of the tagline in the 90s to not do drugs, right? That was one of the anti-drug. Maybe that goes back to the 80s with Nancy Reagan. Cheat, wait, cheaters never win and winners never cheat? Or wait, cheaters never win and losers never... Ah, oh, that's okay. That's going to get stuck in everyone's head tonight, huh? Let's go to Craig. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, hey, uh, I'm... I feel bad about what happened at the Capitol building. You know, I feel that most of the public that was there, as far as the protesters, are great people, very good Trump supporters, and just a few of them, their emotions got the best of them, you know, because people are frustrated that they feel like they did their part, that they voted, and the Democratic Party knew how to rig the system, and everybody knows it was fraud. A blind man can see it's fraud. And but so many people either love, hate or love or hate Trump. Well, and so that's the real problem is we had this fraudulent election. Now people want to blame Trump that these protesters stormed the Capitol building. I'm telling you what, if we wouldn't have a fraudulent election, people wouldn't have stormed the Capitol building because we wouldn't have this problem. Well, thank you, Craig. I wanted to play this, and I there was something that was circulating online. It wasn't credited to anyone, so I don't know who originated this video, but they were giving an interview with some of the people that were out since yesterday. So we're talking about some of the protesters. If I had to guess, he was about 60 years old-ish, and he was there at the protest to show his support to try to call out some of this uh, irregularities or at least the the protest of the Electoral College and say, hey, I, I want you to know that people are upset about this, whatever it is. So he was on the front line. He was there. He was at the Capitol building, and he said he witnessed the first people to try to storm into the Capitol building. Now, I decided instead of bleeping out his swear words, I muted them. So you'll hear a couple of times where the audio cuts out. That's where he swears. I think I got them all. But here's an eyewitness that described what happened. I'm watching guys around. Yeah, everybody here is over 40 years old. A couple of young guys are sketchy. They got knee pads on, all this shit. I'm, I was a fighter. I'm, I'm sizing guys up and stuff. We're here for four or five hours. Suddenly a guy goes flying by us and falls down. He gets up. Somebody tripped him by accident. He gets up. He makes a run for the for the gate. 30 seconds later, there was like 50 of them all storming the gate. I'm like, that's not a coincidence. And somebody said, hey, it's on CNN. A minute later, it's on CNN. That's sketchy. Then this other stuff was on. These guys went running there, and they all stormed the gate. They pushed and they pushed and they pushed them. Like, we've all been peaceful protesters here all day. And suddenly, these guys are all pushing forward, pushing forward. And like, what the f- is that all about? Suddenly, they're all running up the hill. We're all standing back like, wow, okay, don't do that. Don't do that. This is not cool. You know, they're all running. All right, so he he says they were all peaceful. And then all of a sudden there were groups of people that decided to storm as if it was coordinated. And this was his 
account of what happened there. And it kind of goes back to looking at, man, um, were there people there specifically just to do this and to incite this? And who were those people? And it goes back to the cameras that are inside the Capitol building. How about we identify and publicly state every single person that broke into the Capitol building? There's a camera on everyone. Not everyone wore masks and wore masks. And even though some of them did, you could probably figure out who they are. If the FBI is working on it, you have some pretty good surveillance minds that could figure these sort of things out. Why not publicly identify every single person that broke into the Capitol building that shouldn't have been there? Do it. Do it. Then take a step further. Bring charges against them. Let's go to James, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Howdy. Uh, yeah, this is a comment about the uh, storming of the Capitol. Uh, it's obvious that the Democrats would like to do anything that they possibly could to make Trump look as bad as possible, especially if it would knock him out of 2024. And so I'm wondering, because of the fact that when they stormed the Capitol, it looked like they knew exactly where they were going and who would have the layout of the Capitol other than the uh, DNC. And who's to say that these people were actually Trump supporters? Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have been a mess of Democrats wanting to raise some hell and throw some mud on Trump. Okay, thanks, James. I don't know if that's the case. I, It's hard to tell. And this is why I want to go back to the idea, anyone that is identified as breaking into the Capitol building, their name is put out there publicly and charges are put against them because then you'll find pretty quickly if there's any affiliation with it, I think that would be a good way to sort it out. But ultimately, I think people do want to see charges brought up against these people. Now, if you do believe that, let's just say you believe that this was some sort of way as like a, you know, people were going in disguise in order to make someone else look bad, then there should be no problem with identifying and charging these people because then it would flush them out pretty quickly. And I don't think too many people would feel bad for them. And I don't think that Charging them to the fullest extent of the law would make two people uh, anyone feel bad either. So let's do it. There's a lot of people that were inside there. I know just from the surveillance I was watching, I didn't do a head count, but probably over 100 at least, right, that got into the building, probably close to there, around there. It's not good. All right, uh, James is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Oh, no, we just took James. I'm sorry. Uh, Scott is calling in. Hi, Scott. Uh, good, good evening, uh, Mr. Recker. Uh, I'd like to say that it is, it is irrelevant who wins Georgia uh, or, or Trump or Biden, uh, who was sworn in uh, as president on January 20th, because Americans need to realize that both Democrats and Republicans are ultimately controlled and bought and paid for by Goldman Sachs, Bloomberg News, The New York Times, Hollywood, American Israel Public Affairs Committee, Committee APAC. In other words, very powerful Jewish interests. And, you know, yeah, no, I, no, Scott. And, and yeah, even even that to, to say that there's some sort of like giant control scheme or whatever, um, you're giving too much credit to the ability to organize all of this together. Number one. But number two, we're not doing this tonight. So let's go to Brian, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, I was just calling to uh, to to say that, you know, identity politics plays a lot into this. And we've been playing it for the last four or five years where we categorize a big swath of America as, you know, if you're if you're white, if you're black, if you do this, if you don't do that, then we're going to put you into a category. And as long as we continue to do that 
and I watched Chuck Schumer tonight. I watched Nancy Pelosi uh, during during these hearings, and you know they were continuing to play the same game, the same political game, where they put people into boxes. And as long as we put people into boxes, people are going to be frustrated, and they're going to lash out, and it's got to yeah. stop. Yeah, it's stigmatizing people, or um, you get this. Uh, you're right. It's you're, you're, what you're doing is you're trying to demonize people. Maybe that's probably the best way to put it. And even from the Senate floor, they continue to do it even after the terrible events from the Capitol, which is not helpful or healthy. So maybe that's just a point that needs to be taken. That even after an event like this, everyone is trying to look at it and say and, and decry and, and say no, 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 no. This is not how we do things. But eh, they continued on. They persevered on this whole demonization of other people and the other side. And that it was it, it felt icky, did not feel right. Let's go to Brent, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Thank you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I would just like to, uh, to, to state a simple solution to the problem. All you have to do is audit the vote in five counties in five states. That's all you would have to do. And both sides should be happy or sad. But that's all they should have to do. And that doesn't seem to be asking too much, does it? When you say audit, uh, so what, how would this be different than what they've already done in some in those counties? They have, they have, an audit, they have not audited any vote in any Nothing disputed county yeah. in any disputed yeah. city. You know, let's say, yeah. I apologize. So essentially yeah. they're like redoing it. They're, they've redone what they've already done, but they haven't done a proper audit. They have not it, audited any ballot in Fulton County, Georgia, not a one. Mm-hmm. They yeah, are in I, Clay I, County, Georgia, mm-hmm. but not the Fulton. You're saying, yeah. I um, and thank you very much for your call. I think when it comes to what they're asking for, I think this is what needs to be done. Even before the election, they've said we were not prepared, and we are not prepared for the influx of these provisional or mail-in ballots. And what happened? We went from you know, 20 million to 100 million or whatever it was, or 30 million from 2016 to 100 million without any additional checks and balances put in place in order to make sure that the extra ballots that we'd be getting in and counting are being done so properly. And that was a concern before the election that was brought up many times. Nothing was nothing changed since then. So if anything, I think what we're seeing is people objecting and saying that, yes, uh, we, number one, weren't prepared for this. Number two, we haven't properly um, we haven't properly addressed the concerns that people have brought up to our satisfaction, at least. And we've met with uh, rest- we're met with uh, pushback when we bring this sort of thing up. I think the better play would be to say that in order to make sure we have the fair election that we deserve as a country, that we need to get better checks and balances in place where things like this, it's impossible for it to happen. So if you're going to try to depend on mail-in ballots in the future, here's what we need to do in order to make sure that we can satisfy everyone that what's being done is proper because we're not satisfied with the process that's in place now. But we don't see a lot of people talking about leading into the future with this sort of thing. Uh, It doesn't mean you can't continue to look into what happened in this past election as you decide on what to do for the future. But if anything, I hope we can both agree that maybe by the next election, we can have a better process put into place. Because if mail-in ballots and voting that way becomes more standard, then we really have to be better prepared for it. Let alone just look at, uh, let me give a check in point. Remember how the issues we had with just the system of mailing I don't know about you. Um, did you guys mail any cards out? Did you mail any uh, Christmas cards out this year? 
I want to say that my wife mailed out a Christmas card to my cousin in New Jersey on December 14th. They received it yesterday. (laughs) So, yes, there's things that we need to take into account when it comes to our voting process, if we're going to rely more on things like mailing ballots. And I think that even if we were to look at some of the things that we have at least pointed out as concerns, and if you can try to satisfy some of our concerns, then you're in the you're moving in the right direction. But the problem is we're met with there are no concerns. The the rebuttal is everything is perfectly fine and you're wrong to think that there could have been any problems. And that's that's part of it. There's no budging on that side. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the objections. So we'll take some more of your calls coming up. Also, we'll look at your weather, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Overnight America continues. I wanted to take more of your calls, and I also want to play Mike Pence's speech from the Senate floor to reopen the process. And it was a good speech. It was two minutes long. I thought it would be uh, good to replay. And then earlier today, Ann Wagner gave a call to Mark Reardon. They did an interview, and Ann was given her depiction of what happened during this whole process. And the, of course, because of the the breaking news and the nature of how we covered the events at the Capitol building in DC, the interview was posted online, but not played. And I thought maybe this would be a good opportunity to play it here tonight, considering we have still the audience here. And we've been getting some great calls. I mean, we've been taking phone calls straight for the last two and a half hours. It doesn't have to stop now. 314-436-7900. If you want to get in, you're more than welcome to. Let's go to Bill, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Yes, uh, everybody's pointing a finger at Trump for inciting these uh, demonstrations getting out of hand today. And I like to point out that the news media and the politicians for the last four years are the ones that have incited this riot, if you want to call it a riot today where 100 people or so got into the people's house. It's not anybody's house, but the people's house of the United States. And also, you said earlier 
on the last caller that maybe things would get straightened out in the next four years. How could anybody say maybe things will get straightened out in the next four years and we're all going to come together? I don't Mm -hmm. see a reasoning for maybe things will be straightened out. They have to get straightened out or you can look for more problems like you have Mm -hmm. today. Thank you. for. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thank you for calling in. Yeah, no, the Capitol building wasn't hosting a potluck and or a, a barbecue, and they were welcoming the neighbors of the area in. It wasn't that case. It wasn't, uh, the, hey, the people are going to go into their house, so they're a welcome visitor during this process. And that's not the case. So that's um, not the right way to look at it. In fact, um, I think that in general, even if you had a friend of your own and they decided to bust in your door while you were conducting business or whatever. Like, let's say you're working from home and you had a friend that just decided to stop on in. So they broke a window, jumped in, and then they invited their friends to come in. Uh, You would not like that either, (laughs) even if it was someone that was invited. So that's part of the, uh, no, that's, I think you're looking at it too nicely in that case, or it's not a good way to try to justify it like that. Let's go to Elvis, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Mr. Ryan. Hello. Yeah, buddy. First of all, I want to start out. I want to see, did you you and your family have a nice holiday? We did. It was very nice the last couple of weeks. I got a lot uh, done in the sense of, you know, trying to give as much attention to my son as possible with school being off. He needed it. So we did some pretty fun things. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. Well, I was telling the feller that answered the phone, I forgot to mention uh, about, uh, 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 I was going to talk about Andrew Jackson's inauguration, because when he was inaugurated, it, it was a big party at the White House, and it was so bad, they had to take the food outside just to get the people to leave the White House. And, oh, and, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously, this was uh, 1829, and, and uh, I forgot to mention to him uh, about the British in 1814, when they torched the White House and the Capitol building at the same time in the War of 1812. So, you know, stuff like this has happened, but not in the modern era. No. So. Yeah. I agree. But, and someone brought up the 1950s. Um, I have to look that up again. The Puerto Rico movement. Someone said to look that up in history. We saw some people busting into the house at that point. It, it, I can I can vaguely remember parts of it. If I'm right, they tried killing President Truman, and and uh, he was I think he was vice president or something at the time. But I do remember something about the Puerto Rican gentleman that well not a gentleman but the Puerto Ricans that you know that tried assassinating politicians. Yeah, I, and I think it was I something in to. Washington. So. Yeah, I have to definitely look back at that and maybe talk to Rich Rubino about it on Monday. That would be uh, I, uh, good. Yeah, uh, I appreciate okay. that call. No, you're no, good. But, you're great with the hey, history, hey, Elvis. I just wanted to say, Ryan, one more. Hmm? Oh, that's okay. Oh, sorry, cut out, but that's okay. Elvis, thank you very much for your call. And I'm watching C-SPAN right now, the joint session of Congress to count electoral votes. It looks like Mike Pence is standing. It doesn't look like he's ready to speak yet, but it looks like a lot of the senators are now returning to the Senate floor. It is, let's see, 1139 Eastern, so 1039 Central here. And I'm not exactly sure where they're going with this. It, I don't know if they're speaking here. Let me just do a quick listen in. Looks like Mike Pence is getting ready to say a few words. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just getting everyone else seated at this point. Not quite. He's looking around. If he gives a speech, we'll air it. 
I'm just curious what he's saying. Let's go to Jim. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, you were talking, a fellow was talking about uh, even a soldier and all, and if, if this was a uh, black situation, it would have been handled differently. Well, I don't think that you could judge him because you haven't walked in his shoes. Mm. Hold on one second. I'll, I'll, Jim, hold on. We're going to go to Mike Pence real quick. The two houses retired to consider separately and decide upon the vote of the state of Arizona to which an objection has been filed. The Secretary of the Senate will report the action of the Senate. Okay, it looks like they're doing some procedural work right now. So, In the Senate of the United States, ordered that the Senate, by a vote of six ayes to 93 nays, rejects the objection to the electoral votes cast in the state of Arizona for Joseph R. Biden for president and Kamala D. Harris for vice president. The clerk of the House will report the action of the House. Okay, so they're they're talking about Arizona now as they were doing some procedural work. So do they go alphabetical order? So they start with Arizona and go from there? It could be. State of Arizona. Pursuant to the law, Chapter 1 of Title Three of the United States Code, because the two houses have not sustained the objection, the original certificate submitted by the state of Arizona will be counted as provided therein. The tellers will now record and announce the vote of the state of Arkansas, oh, president okay. and vice president. All right, so now they did Arizona. There was an objection, and the objection failed, so now they're moving on to Arkansas. So that was the very first one. All right, so we'll go back to Jim real quick. Jim, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, so if I understand what you're saying correctly right before, you're saying, uh, since I didn't walk a mile in his shoes, I can't comment on what he said. Is this basically is what you're saying? I don't think you can judge him. It's like George Floyd's situation, you know? Well, it wasn't that I was judging him. I'm just saying I, I don't think uh, I agree with this point. And I gave an example why I didn't agree with this point. Well, so. it may well be, but uh, like I say, you can't judge somebody else uh, when you haven't lived it. Okay. Thanks, Jim. And sure, that's that's the case. I guess you can justify that, but it doesn't mean that I can't bring up an example of why I disagree with it. Let's go to Jimmy, who's calling in next. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, man, how are you? Good show. Thanks for having me on. Um, Thanks. Quick question. You know, I, I it was a good show tonight. I've not noticed. You know, I have what I one thing I've noticed is I haven't heard anybody on the show tonight address the issue about how how easily it was to breach. The Capitol building. Um, mm-hmm. It's an it's an incredible lapse of security on on arguably the most important building in the world. I mean, if not the most, one of the most. I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody address that, and that's a real concern of mine. Wanted to hear what you had to say about it, and then I had a follow the, up with that. Yeah, I will. Uh, the videos that I've seen online, there's a couple of different instances where the police were in a line trying to hold the line, and they were telling people to back up in some cases using things like pepper spray or whatever. And basically since the protesters at first were just walking up to the police, the police were backing up and that meant the protesters kept walking forward. It didn't look like they were attacking the police. And I don't know if their orders were to just continue to back up. And this was outside the building. Once you got inside the building, you saw a couple of people and there was one video that I just watched on CBS where there was one officer and there had to have been about five or 10 people 
inside and the officer was backing up, backing up, backing up. And then the protesters kept walking forward. Eventually they walked up a staircase, the officer backwards up the staircase and did not try to stop the crowd. I think for his own safety, he's probably trained not to confront them unless there is some sort of physical violence. But in general, they were just giving space for the people inside the Capitol building. Quite frankly, I don't understand it. Um, I, I felt like it would have been better for them to purposely hold the line on this and forcefully yeah. stop people I mean, from entering. I, I just don't I, mean, I don't understand the backing up. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I was going to just add on there real quick. You know, what I don't understand is and, and what is was obviously blatant to me was the disparity in the way the police administered their force uh, with this group and, you know, what, what, you, what we saw over the summer with the uh, Black Lives Matter uprisings. That was, okay. I mean, it's night and day, night, night and day, what we saw. I mean, it was incredible, actually, the difference. And we actually had people storming the Capitol. I mean, there were people shot in the face with rubber bullets in the BLM movements for, 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 for walking down the street. I mean, it's, it's incredible, the disparity there. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Nobody said anything about it. So, Okay, Jimmy, I'll address that, but thank you for your call. I, I, there's definitely differences between the two, I think. So there's a few reasons why there's differences. And I'm, this is going to be very quick because I don't want to dive too much into Black Lives Matter and some of the other protests that were going on. But what you see, one of the biggest differences is night and day. So sometimes you get into the night where you see people around you that are looting and setting things on fire and purposely trying to uh, attack police officers. Big difference between the two. Sometimes you see them purposely approaching police officers with the intention of trying to hurt them, meaning they either have like high powered lasers. Sometimes they have weapons. Sometimes they're throwing things, rocks, bricks, uh, sometimes accelerants. We've seen all of these things and the police have to react to those things. You're looking at instances where they're purposely destructing versus in this case being hooligans and menacing or mob-like. Two different ways. But let's go back and even look at how some of the policing has worked in St. Louis here. And I'll just say with when it comes to the policing in St. Louis, we saw that one night after Minneapolis and there was all kinds of destruction here. Police definitely outnumbered and they allowed the looting and watched the looting from happening because they knew they couldn't confront the people inside. And you wonder to yourself, why are they letting people loot right in front of them? Why are they doing this? You saw them lighting cars on fire and they couldn't do anything about it. Uh, because they were outnumbered and they're afraid of getting hurt. And they already had their police officers getting shot on nights like that. I think before their own safety, they're probably directed to sit back. And then what happens after? Think about this from the, the side of the police officer. They end up arresting people that night. They turn it over to the circuit attorney's office and the circuit attorney doesn't hold them. Says, oh, we don't have enough evidence. We're going to let them go. After they were caught red handed and police were turning these people over. And you're thinking, you got to be kidding me with this. So I don't know if the, what the grand strategy is at the Capitol building to allow something like this to happen. I think if you would see them acting the same way they did at these other protests, throwing rocks, throwing bricks, um, using weapons, accelerants, uh, lasers into the eye, uh, being forceful, punching, kicking. Uh, you know, if you saw all of these other things happening, I think you would have saw a different reaction. But that's not what you saw in this one. So maybe that's one of the reasons. But then again, I'm just going to point back to what we saw before. If you go back and look at the way they handled the Brett Kavanaugh deal, when all those protesters were outside and they were debating his nomination onto the Supreme Court, there were tons of protesters also trying to storm the building. You see them knocking, kicking, banging on doors. You didn't see the police acting differently then than they did now. 
So it's again, if you're trying to say that they handled this differently, no, I think there's precedent set where you can go back and look at that and realize they handled it very similarly. So this isn't just one of these deals where, oh, it was because it was Trump people or whatever that they decided to go soft on them. No, that's not the case at all. I don't agree with that. We'll take some more of your calls coming up on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. All right, welcome back. So I wanted to replay a moment from the Senate floor here, and I tried to rewind it on C-SPAN to the right moment. And I don't know if I'm at the right moment, but listen to what happened during one of these objections to the Electoral College vote. Regular in form and authentic, and it appears there from that Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida received 29 votes for president and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received 29 the right spot. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Connecticut seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Joseph R. Biden Jr. All right, so they're still going through the states. faulty and fraudulent Here we go. due to un... Uh, due okay, to so unilateral here's a, actions by the Secretary of so State. So this is one of the um, to objections to one of the states. Here's a state's here's how it works when someone calls up and objects. From the General Assembly and thereby setting the stage for an unprecedented amount of fraud and irregularities. And I have signed the objection myself. Well, sections 15 and 17 of Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing and signed by a member of the House of Representatives and a senator, is the objection in writing and signed by a member and a senator. President, prior to the actions and events of today, we did, but following the events of today, it appears that some senators have withdrawn their objection. Okay, so they're clapping at this. So what this says to uh, right now is that a lot of the senators, the ones that were planning on objecting to some of these states, are now probably going to focus on what Pennsylvania and that's it. Okay. There you have it. It looks like if we were wondering if they were going to object the way that they were planning before today's events, that seems to be not the case. It looks like a lot of the senators that were going to object are no longer signing on to all of the States. It's an interesting moment. They clapped him at the end. Let's go to Ron. Who's holding on. Welcome to overnight America. Hi there, Ryan. Uh, first of all, is, is that, 18-year-old, was that the one that was killed? Was she 18 years old? I got that wrong. I, I read online. Because she had 14 she years was, in the Air Force. Yeah, no, she was raw. Uh, she was definitely not 18. I saw an original report, and one of the witnesses said that she was young, and then I later corrected that. I don't know if you heard it. Okay, okay. Uh, first of all, is Corey Bush supposed to be the comic relief in all this? I mean, here's the one that wanted to defund the police and complaining about not having enough police protection in the Capitol. It's so is she, no. Um, I saw the objection that she put out there, and I think she tweeted it, and there's a moment she had on MSNBC I haven't had a chance to listen to yet. But, yeah, she's going full force and leaning into this as fast as she can, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. But she was the one that wants to defund the police, but she complains about that. In Pentagon. No, she wanted yeah, to yeah, defend yeah. the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go on with, uh, we, we've had a president who's been assassinated by the media for the past four years, along with the virus, the way I see it. And the media that I mean by that is in the magazines, newspapers, broadcasts, Hollywood, and in the classroom. Yeah. He's been targeted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to go. Sorry, Ron. But yeah, I just don't feel comfortable 
categorizing it that way. Just not tonight. All right. But yeah, maybe you made the wrong choice of words there. Let's go to Rob, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just want to make the comment that that both Cruz and Hawley, uh, this is all uh, political theater. They're grandstanding for 2024. And I think they, they just shot themselves in the foot. I don't think there's any way that, that either one of them, after everything that's happened, that, that they're connected forever. They're welded to Trump. And I think that's going to be a big negative in four years because the Republican Party is going to have to completely rethink themselves. After all this, they're going to have to create almost a whole new face. And, and so... W- well, I see was well. Let me let me just bring let me just say this real quick, and I want to get your comments. So let's say there's the opposite, the Mitt Romneys of the world that uh, hate Donald Trump and is more than willing to go out there and, and say bad things about him. Do you think he's more likely to be the face of the Republican Party, or do you think that Cruz and Holly will probably still be uh, much better positioned to take a bigger role in the future? I think there's no no comparison between Mitt Romney and those two clowns. I mean, those guys. Well, no, I'm asking, do you think like Mitt Romney is going to be the next leader of the party because of his objections? I don't see anybody being being uh, in a better position than Mitt Romney. I mean, at least he's been semi honest in all of this controversy going against his own party and speaking truth. I don't. I don't see a lot of Republicans doing that, you know, and and that's what we need right now. And and I don't know how old will Romney be in four years. Hmm. Uh, Trying to kick the tires again. Uh, Maybe. Okay, Rob, thank you very much for your call. Just for the sake of time, we got to get going. But we're going to take some more of your calls coming up. I don't see people thinking to themselves, Romney's going to be the savior of the party. That would, to me, be a stretch. Now, you might not like Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or anyone else that may be giving objections right now. Both of them are still very young, so they have a lot of opportunities left for something like that. I think that them objecting is blown way out of proportion. People are just getting way too angry for them saying that they want to raise their concern in this process as some sort of giant trader move that people have been uh, leaning them or leading them down that road. I think that's a terrible way to categorize it. It's a dangerous and, and quite frankly, it's a dumb way to try to categorize what they're doing. I think this is overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 